Oh Lord, our Heavenly Father, as thou hast graciously spared us to the light of another morning, accept thou our glad thanksgiving for this and all thy countless mercies to us. Pardon us wherein we have grieved thee in the past. Grant unto us, we humbly beseech thee, all such benefits for body, mind, and spirit as thou seest best for us this day. Show us thy will, and may it be our pleasure. Impart unto us such faith in thee that we may successfully meet all the testings that await us. May ours be the patience, the courage, and the joy of those who know thy love and have learned the secret of the Lord. Make thy blessings to us to be through us the gifts to our world. Remember in thy mercy our loved ones in their special needs. Comfort and heal the afflicted. Bless all who toil. Give through thy church salvation in our nations to all people and speed the time where, where earth shall be done with evil and, all, and over all shall be established the scepter of thy son, our blessed Savior, Jesus. Amen. Now, Lord, I ask you to continue to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, it would be only those things you want me to say. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. First of all, I want to uh, give out an acknowledgement to the etiquette committee. Yes, yes. Last yes. Saturday or last Sabbath, uh, they put on a workshop, an outstanding job of a workshop titled Social Media Presentation. Everybody should have been out for this, amen? We were greatly informed, greatly informed. <laughs> but I told them, don't hold back trying to be holy. We need to know what's going on so we can reach the holy of holies concerning it, amen? So we were greatly informed and blessed by the young adults who prepared data that should make us become proactive, amen? It was both, um, well, I should say I was, I can't speak for everybody else, but I was both broken and angered by the data that is exposed to the young adults and to some of you adults who watch some of these things. Those of us who were present should be ready to go into spiritual warfare and to take an active position in the lives of our young people to set them free from evil, darkness, and ignorance. Ignorance comes from Satan. Ignorance and, and the blindness of this world. To cover them with spiritual wisdom and protect their future. We need to pray, protect, in order to prevent and provide. We need to pray and protect in order to prevent and provide. We are slothful and unaware because true Christianity has been perverted by false teachings that has kept believers sleeping and accepting and accommodating ungodly principles due to a watered-down gospel. Jesus did not go to the cross for us to, to compromise our faith with Satan's plans. He wants us to destroy Satan's plans with the name, the blood, the word, a prayer. Stop being deceived by statements like, 
be broad-minded, to be more accepting and intellectually open by that worldly wisdom, we are opening up the way for the Antichrist spirit to come in on a welcome mat. Remember Sodom and Gomorrah? It's being repeated. There is nothing new under the sun. We need to be more proactive, praying as Jesus tells us in his word at all times. And you think you can't do it? Oh, yeah. Because it's just a matter of a word, whispering out a praise, a thanksgiving, a gratitude while you're driving. You, in, in public, you don't have to be loud. You don't want to be seen. You want to be heard Amen. in heaven. Okay. So that we can prevent a lot of the things that are going on. When we pray all the time, we will counteract things in advance. Not always having to pray out of a, a, a urgent need or a 911 situation, okay? Consistency breaks the strongholds and it also breaks the back of Satan. We need to pray in praise, gratitude, and thanksgiving, which will arrest Satan's plans. Cover us and put our ministering angels on assignment. They're operating in the unemployment line because they can't hear from heaven, and God can't hear from heaven because we ain't saying nothing. <laughs> and that will cause what Satan meant for evil to allow God to work it for our good. God will send warnings to us and put his prayer language on our tongue to stop evil and reverse the attacks. And if you don't believe what I'm saying, then read Psalms 37. It will confirm all of that. But again, I just want to give thanks to our committee who were so diligent and worked so well and the volunteer young adults that came forth and to, to inform us, to give us the information so that we can be praying. And I pray that the adults who were present, who were either parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, or guardians, that you learn how to pray after seeing what we saw last Sunday. Amen. Okay, today's message, the title is Living in the Spirit of Excellence. And one of the scriptures, there's many scriptures that will support this, is in Philippians 1, verse 10. And what we need to understand that the scripture says that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. That's what excellence is all about. Let me say that again. The scripture in Philippians 1.10 states that you may approve things that are excellent. How do you approve things that are excellent? It means that you can't be walking in less than. That you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. That means until his return. Now, I looked up some definitions and the definition of excellent is outstanding or valuable quality. Outstanding or valuable quality. This is something that is a learned behavior from our Savior. So you have to have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ 
in order to come into a spirit of excellence. Amen. It does not come from your degrees <laughs> or your good morals that you were taught, but no Jesus. Amen. I looked up righteousness. It says uprightness before God. To walk upright before God. Now, this is a free gift from Jesus. Jesus, when he went to the cross, and we accepted that information, marked us righteous. It's up to us to walk in it. Holiness, God's chosen people in separation from the world. Called to an ethical life and conformity to his revealed word. This is worked in us by the reading of God's word. Now, let me put this out first to shut up the naysayers. I am thankful and grateful for every one of you faithful, committed laborers in this church. And they know what I'm talking about. It is not just what you do in ministry, but it's what we do to keep this building clean. We do it ourselves to have that money to do outreach rather than paying some custodian service that does not come up to par. Okay, so we do it ourselves, and then we can do it on a more regular basis, okay? So I just want you to know I am thankful, I am very grateful for every one of you because you are faithful laborers, okay? Don't ever think that I'm not because you know I do expect excellence <laughs> and perfection, okay? And I used to say, until God delivered me, but the more I study, I'm not supposed to be delivered from that. So I'm going to stop asking him to deliver me from that. Amen? And yes, I will inspect and critique to bring it to a high standard. This is God's place. And so we, we you know, religious thoughts is, that, oh, just God, just come on in. We, you prepare the tabernacle for his presence. And that is not just with spiritual preparation, that's with the natural preparation. If you were dating women and a guy was gonna come over, you would be trying to impress him. So you clean up and fix up. Men try to come off with their best, what they got going on to try to impress you. So why don't we impress the Lord? Amen? because we must serve him in the spirit of excellence. And if Jesus was personally directing you, how would you respond? We are to work and offer up our services as unto the Lord, not unto the leader, but as unto the Lord. See, God is excellent and he is wisdom. When we humble ourselves before him, and let his spirit occupy in us, we become changed and dressed with holiness. Thereby, what we do for him in ministry and labor is in excellence. Serving in ministry is a privilege that comes with a burden. 
Good news, the burden means we no longer will do what we used to when we were in our old nature, but now we are walking in holiness. See, the burden that we have to bear is to let go of the past, the past nature, who we used to be, to become the new. That's the burden. That's what makes it so hard and why we murmur and complain and do all that we do. Because in order to come up and come into the spirit of excellence like Jesus, we got to let go of our flesh Amen. and our emotions that comes from a broken soul. Amen. And so as, as, a res, as a result of that, we begin to walk in holiness. And our talk changes, our thoughts changes, and then our walk will change. Contrary to what and how what you see as far as certain ministries' performance and how they operate, we as ministers are servants of God, which means we are here to serve other Christians. Go over to uh, Acts 2.18 just to confirm that. I will be giving out a whole lot of different scriptures that we won't be able to get, get through, read them all, but you can go back and read them for yourself to support what I'm saying, to know that it did come from Christ. Acts 2 and verse 18 <laughs> says, and on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Prophesy is not somebody telling you about your future, contrary to what you believe, especially for any of you who've gone to readers and palm readers and all of that mess. Prophesy means that the word of God is given to you according to your needs and what is expected out of you to bring correction, reproof, and doctrine. You to prophesy the word of God. Amen. And God tells us that we're to serve other Christians. And we're not above that. And Jesus is our perfect example for ministry, which includes teaching, preaching, evangelism, missions, Casting out demons, healing, providing for physical needs of other people, and for counseling. Go over to Mark 16. I know most people think that certain things is only for the fivefold ministry. Okay, Mark 16, verses 15 through 18, we're going to read. And, it's, and he says unto them, go ye, we know that this is Jesus talking because it's in red, right? And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now he wasn't just talking to the fivefold ministry, okay? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned or condemned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Okay? Now, Jesus uh, 
gave this example to his uh, 11 disciples at that time. But what we need to understand, this was after Jesus had arose from the dead, but before his ascension, okay? And he gave a commission to those 11 disciples. So go over to Matthew 18, and we're going to read 17, verses 17. Matthew 28, I'm sorry. Matthew 28. And we're going to read from 17 through 20. When he says, And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always and even unto the end of the world. Now, Jesus is telling them that the power has been given to me, but I'm giving it to you by, through the Holy Spirit. And when I do this, then I want you to go out. And he, what he wants us to do is to indoctrinate people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, the whole deity, not one, the whole deity, and, and teaching them to observe all what he has revealed to them from his word and by being with him. And he says, I'm commanding you to go, but just know this, you're not going in your own power or in your might, but in my spirit, because I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to speak through you, and I'm going to use you. You just need to be willing to go in my name and in my spirit. Amen. 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 Now, the word disciple means followers of Christ. That's why I said that was not just for those 11 that were present. That was for any believing believer that is following Jesus Christ. So no matter what your personal spiritual gift is that you were chosen to do after your call to salvation and holiness, you were also called to labor, all of which is a privilege. We are called to labor. Well, you know, I don't, I don't know how it came about that um, preachers and pastors uh, it's, it's just so important that they got to be served and uh, do nothing and, <laughs> and looked upon as if there's some kind of an idol. Can y'all help me with that? See, that's where our problem lies. So we can't focus in on the truth that's being taught. We're not hearing truth. <laughs> Let me put it this way. So we're not able to discern what we're supposed to be doing and how we're supposed to be in order to be pleasing in the sight of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen? And we don't take what we do for him as a privilege and an opportunity. We think it's some kind of extracurricular activity that he should be pleased that I just showed up. Part of our service to him is our praise and worship, which actually opens the door for him to come in and then reveal some deeper things to you. When you I don't know if you notice, but sometimes doing praise and worship, people who are really in it begin to get delivered. Because 
They're open. They come open to receive. They came in with an expectation, not waiting to see how the performance was going to go that would cause me to come out of myself. Because whatever, whatever the people are doing to try to usher us in into his presence, you really get in there because you have willed your will to him and yielded all of your members to him, and you came with an expectation to receive. You're not coming, you should not be coming with an expectation to see how the performance is going to be. Because it's not a performance, it's all a labor of love to try to open you up and, uh, and, and invoke the presence of the living God to come in and do his thing in us and with us. Amen. So that when we leave here, we don't leave the same way we actually came. Because sometimes you can come with some burdens that you don't know how to get out of. But God knows what you're dealing with, and he's prepared the atmosphere in advance. So when you arrive, if you are open to it, you'll be surprised how peace can come upon you. How revelation comes up and tells you things that you need to do to get out of certain situations or that he just changes the minds of other people that are coming against you or don't agree with you and just automatically they change and you're like, what happened to that? That's the kind of God that we serve. We don't serve no puppet. We serve a real, true, living God that it shows up all the time. But he wants you to provoke his presence. He doesn't want us not to love him back. Satan don't care. He's going to do everything he can to destroy you, whether you agree or disagree. But let me tell you how you really agree. Sometimes you agree by stuff that you say. Not only stuff that you say, but the posture and the position that you take that says, hmm, that's a fortified city that nothing can get in and nothing can get out. If you want to get beyond the pain, the hurt, the disillusion, the disappointment, and all of that, you take a posture that says, you are welcome in this place, Jesus. You can't stand off like, now God, if you're going to do it, you just do it. Now, I expect that out of a non-believer, but not out of a believer. Because that's why Jesus told the people, do you really want to be made whole? Not did you want to be healed. Or do you want to be delivered? Do you want to be made whole? That's greater than a healing and a one-time deliverance. That means that you've been free and saved and saved and saved and saved. Salvation is a working thing. It don't happen the one time that you spoke it. It's a working thing. But if you said it from your heart, it will continue to work. But it don't work because you... You just recited a prayer to make everybody else happy and to think that you say, are you saved? Do you believe? Your salvation is working all the time. 
It is not just a ticket to heaven. It's a ticket for victory on this side of heaven that would guarantee you on the other side of heaven. Because you won't be surprised at who's going to be missing when you get there. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. There are certain privileges and benefits of serving God. Now, this is when you need to write these scriptures down because I'm not going to go through them. First of all, it is an honor to set our lives aside to serve God through serving others, which will entail sometimes fear, reverential fear. Psalms 2.1. An upright walk. Psalms 101.6. Absolute loyalty. Matthew 6.24. Regeneration, Romans 7, 6. Serving the Lord, Romans 12, 11. Humility, Acts 20, 19. Love, Galatians 5, 13. These are the benefits of serving the Lord by serving his people. The rewards far outweigh the burdens. So remember I said there's a burden would come with that, but the rewards outweigh the burdens. As a result of serving God, you will have divine honor. John 12, 26. Acceptance before God, Romans 14, 18. And inheritance, Colossians 3, 24. And last but never least of all, eternal blessedness, Revelation 7, 15, and Revelations 22, 3. Holiness is a transformation from the world's way of thinking and acting. It means I am totally on board with you, Jesus Christ, and your gospel. It means I hate the things that go against you and your law. So I'm giving you a scripture for this because when you heard the word hate, you're like, oh, I'm not supposed to hate. Psalms 139, verses 21 to 22. I hate the things that go against you, Lord, and your laws. And it grieves me to look upon filth. You cannot look upon filth and get pleasure out of it or be comfortable with it. It saddens me for God's people to be derailed and snowed by the world's deception. So as a result, it means I will humble myself, turn from my wicked ways, pray and seek God's face on behalf of myself and God's people. Righteousness isn't entitlement. 
how we think we're so entitled, or it is not our legal rights or reparations. Righteousness means I am walking with God in right standing with God. Amen. It is to be in Christ fully with thoughts of good, with no corruptible thoughts, which is found in uh, Ephesians 5. What is that scripture I've written down? 429. Ephesians 4. Let's turn over there. 429. Ephesians 429 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Now, I'm going to read this again because we need to digest this. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Amen. Amen. Righteousness is me loving my brothers, which is in Romans 12:10, and living out God's commands, which is Psalms 119. That's a long song, but let me tell you, you will learn and acquire much by reading that song, okay? So when I walk out righteousness, I am living a holy lifestyle, okay? Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read out of this devotional. I'm doing things a little bit different, but it's youth day, so I, I can do like I want to. <laughs> okay, because, because it, is, it, is, it is so fitting to, um, to this. I'm going to read three different devotionals, but the first two is, is exactly fitting to the spirit of excellence, Okay. So I'm going back to June the 23rd. June the 23rd, it says, even though Daniel lived in captivity, he refused to settle for mediocrity. This brought him to the attention of the king of Babylon who said, I've heard of you, that the spirit of God is in you. Ooh, wouldn't you like for a heathen to tell you that? <laughs> and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. What a resume, what a reputation, and what a rebuke to those who just want to get by. The Bible says, do you see any truly competent workers? They will serve kings rather than working for ordinary people. That's out of Proverbs 22 and 29. The way to get noticed and to get ahead in life is to study grow and sharpen your skill set. Question, do you have a mediocre attitude towards your work, your relationship, your life in general? If so, consider the level of frustration you experience if the people who serve you had, had that same attitude. What if a waiter served you food, coal and drink in a dirty glass? Do you think you'll complain? Of course. If so, imagine how people feel when you give them shoddy workmanship and a cold care and could care less attitude and can care less attitude. Mm. They say excellence is its own reward. Yes, you'll be rewarded for excellence, 
but your biggest reward will come from knowing you did your best. Aristotle said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. Otherwise, the lives of people who excel in their fields, study their habits and learn from them, identify their character traits and seek to develop them. Bottom line, only when you have done your best can you trust God to do the rest. We want God to come in and do the great and we do nothing. Okay, the next one is excellent requires two things, extra time and extra effort. It calls for going above and beyond what is required of you by others because you considered it a matter of character and integrity. Now we're not talking about striving for perfection that can drive you crazy and everybody else around you. Perfectionism is based on self-centeredness. It seeks approval and applause. Your goal should be to perform every assignment or endeavor as if God himself required it of you and will be evaluating and rewarding your performance. The old adage, out of sight and out of mind, does not apply to God. He is mindful of your every activity, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. What That means doing the best possible job even when the boss is not around. And here's an important thought. Avoid people with poor work habits <laughs> or who poo-poo your efforts to be excellent. Do you really want to be like them? Are you achieving the kind of results in life that you desire for yourself? If God is your heavenly father, then you'll carry his name. Oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Today pray, Father, give me the desire for excellence in all my endeavors. Help me to live with a constant awareness of your evaluating and loving eye so that I may do everything as unto you and not unto man. Okay, I'm going to do that again, but I want y'all to repeat after me. Father, give me the desire, Father, me the desire for, excellence for excellence in all my endeavors. Help me to live with a constant awareness of your evaluating and loving eye. So that, I may do so that I may do everything, everything as, unto you as unto you and not unto man. And not unto man. In, Jesus name I pray. in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, and I'm going to read the one for today to climax this. Praise the Lord. And now you guys are going to have to really do your daily devotional because this is part one starting today. Speak positively. When you can't choose or control your circumstances, you can still decide how you respond to them. Paul was in prison when he wrote, Rejoice in the Lord always. <laughs> We're addressing those who have a perpetual pessimistic outlook on life and take negatively most talk, I'm sorry, talk negatively most of the time. This is serious stuff. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Okay, I gotta say this again. 
death and life are in the power of the tongue, and thou, all those who love it will eat its fruit. You, you can find that in Proverbs 18:21. That means you can talk yourself to death or talk yourself to life. <laughs> this is the scriptural truth. The troubles is we don't always recognize when we're engaging in negative self-talk because it's habit forming. Now, the reason I'm reading this is because had you been here for morning glory prayer, which was on Friday, this is everything the Lord had me speak, right? Can y'all affirm that, the ladies that was there yesterday? So when I read that this morning, I'm like, praise the Lord. Okay. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. Let me see. I want to read something, read it over again. The trouble is we don't always recognize when we're engaging in negative self-talk because it's habit-forming. We unconsciously develop a compromised view of ourselves when we constantly think and say things like, I'm such a loser, or this is too hard. Why even try? We settle for defeat when we, with a few minor attitude adjustments, we could open the door to amazing possibilities. The worst part of negative self-talk is that we don't just limit ourselves, we limit God. As his redeemed child, there resides with you the power to think better, talk better, and do better. Does the Bible say that, you ask? Yes. Paul says, to him, to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. And that power is your faith. Amen. Be glory forever. It's time to draw a line in the sand and declare whatever God says about me, I will say too. Amen. That is not naming it and claiming it. Is speaking what God has to say about who you are. And here's a great verse to get started with. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. Praise the Lord. The benediction. The Lord bless you. May Yahweh, he who exists, kneel before you, making himself available to you as your heavenly father, so he can bestow upon you his promises and gifts and keep you and guard you with a hedge of thorny protection that will prevent Satan and all your enemies from harming you. May he protect your body, soul, mind, and spirit, your loved ones, and all your possessions. The Lord make his face shine upon you. May Yahweh, he who exists, illuminate the wholeness of his being toward you continually bringing to you order so that you will fulfill your God-given destiny and purpose and be gracious to you. May Yahweh, he who exists, provide you with perfect love and fellowship, never leaving you and give you sustenance, provision, and friendship. The Lord lift up his countenance on you. May Yahweh, he who exists, lift up and carry his fullness of being toward you, bringing everything that he has to your aid, supporting you with his divine embrace and his entire being, and give you peace. May Yahweh, he who exists, set in place all you need to be whole and complete, 
so you can walk in victory moment by moment by the power of his Holy Spirit. May he give you supernatural health, peace, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfection, fullness, rest, harmony, as well as the absence of agitation and discord. In Jesus' name. And when you leave here, tell somebody about Jesus. Amen. Amen.